Thanks for pressing play on the Third Shift Entrepreneur Podcast, where we teach you how to build your dream job while keeping your day job. I'm the show's executive producer and co-host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Third Shift Entrepreneur with a knack for boxing, social impact, and podcasting. In this episode, Todd and I discuss the Third Shift Mindset, which encompasses constant curiosity, identifying problems and solutions, and having a bias for action. No more excuses. It's time to get to work. Let's go. Hey, everybody, this is Todd Connor, and you're listening to the Third Shift Entrepreneur Podcast, where we talk about how you can build things, start things, become an entrepreneur, all while keeping your day job, keeping your financial stability, keeping your family and house in order. And I'm excited to have these conversations with my friend and co-host here, Mike Stebbin. Mike, how are you, buddy? Doing good, Todd. Just enjoying this day, getting an opportunity to do some podcasting. You know, what is it, Friday? This ain't a bad way to live, you know? No, absolutely. And, you know, honestly, I think we've been at the Bunker Labs, we've been just so, you know, nose to the grindstone, kind of working hard to build and run an organization. But it's fun. It's fun to really come up and, uh, you know, come up for air, if you will, and think about um, all the people that we've seen start businesses. And what is it that uh, the, the successful ones are doing? What are the patterns that we've observed? And, you know, honestly, after interfacing with, you know, literally thousands of entrepreneurs. We've got, you know, 2000 online. We got another you know 180 in the veterans and residents program. Uh, and what is it that these people are doing to bring their ideas to life? And uh, we've observed real things, real patterns, real success. Uh, and it's coming from people doing things that I, I think, frankly, haven't really been talked about as much uh, as we should, as we need to. It's not just about a Silicon Valley kind of um, roadmap. It's actually about how do you do this stuff if you're in a rural community? How do you do this stuff if you think your idea is small? How do you start a not-for-profit? You know, what if you're not trying to build for scale? And so, uh, these are important conversations if you want to start things. And by the way, starting small and being small is not bad. You know, you can have a great life for yourself. It doesn't have to scale. Uh, and I know that there's folks that are going to disagree with me on that, but I disagree back. And I think that you can do good things. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what we're talking about every week. Yeah. In this episode, we're going to be diving into the third shift mindset. But going back to what you said, like all the entrepreneurs, I think one trait that they all have is just being scrappy, right? Like mm -hmm. outside of the big Silicon Valley, raise a bunch of VC money. Man, if you're building a, launching a small business, it is a grind and it is a hustle and we don't speak about it enough, what it really is. Yeah, I know. And, and a lot of, you know, a lot of small businesses, I mean, actually the majority of small businesses are, you know, it's things like you're a, maybe a CPA um, and you work for somebody else, but you want to start your own, you know, accounting business. You're a realtor and you work for somebody else, but you want to start your own real estate business. Um, you're uh, a personal trainer and you work for somebody else, but you want to start your own personal training business. Um, you, you know, you, you are a barista and you work at Starbucks, but you want to open up your own coffee shop. You know, this is, um, this is the stuff that matters for the American economy. It's, and, and, it, you know, I think a lot of people have a lot of skills, a lot of things that they can do and they, it, but it's not, it doesn't have to be as dramatic as we think. Uh, if you want to get out there and start something, it's doable. But to your point, I think we spend a lot of time on the wrong things. We take unnecessary risks and, you know, there's a different way to do it. And that's what we're talking about. What kind of mindset do you think it takes, Todd, to be an entrepreneur? You know, I, here's, I've thought about this a lot. It, it's a blend of tenacious, 
which is a willingness to stay in it. So tenacious is really, we, we hear tenacious isn't like, it's not just tough. It's actually about the time horizon. Tenacious is like, you won't give up. And so you do have to be tenacious. And the easiest way to be tenacious, which is to stick with it, is to really care about, love, love the thing that you are doing. Because if you love it, you're not going to walk away from it. It's like a marriage. You know, marriages have hard times. But if, the, if, the, if you are tenacious because you are really in love with this person uh, at some deep core level, then like you persevere. Uh, if you're fickle, then like the marriage is weak, you know, it's the same thing with the business. Um, so you really got to love it. And that's how you are tenacious, which is a willingness to stay in it. I think the second thing is you got to be um, courageous, um, which is, um, you know, at some point you got to put yourself out there. You know, I, I did LinkedIn live for the first time last night and it was funny because I was nervous coming into it. Cause I'd never done LinkedIn live, you know? And I, and it was funny. It was like, I'd gotten a little lazy. Like I hadn't felt nervous in about three years. There really wasn't anything that was making me nervous. And that's actually for me, a signal that like, I'm not trying that I've gotten lazy. And I was like, this makes me nervous again, because it's new, because I'm talking about the book. I don't want to be perceived as like, you know, trying to sell myself. Um, I don't want to, I don't want people judging me. Like, what if I get it wrong? You know, what if the advice isn't good? You know, people tell me it's not working. So all that, you know, nervousness sort of buckles up, but you have a choice. You either like lean into that and just <laughs> go because you know, it's like, it's the right path or you go home, you know? And I think that the moment of courage is, um, is actually stepping out and doing it on your own terms. And it's funny because, you know, with military veterans, you think like, well, courage, like everyone's got courage. It's a different kind of courage that is required to be an entrepreneur. It's a reputational courage. It's actually in some ways psychologically safer to be in a unit that goes into like a firefight because that's scary and it does require courage, but you also are doing it sort of with, with people to your left and to your right. And it's, it's a, you know, it's a known environment in a sense. Um, you know, whereas sometimes if you're going to start something, you really don't know, like, what does it mean if I express my point of view? What if I get rejected? Um, those are, it's a different kind of fear. Um, it's a different kind of courage that I think is required to be an entrepreneur. Um, and then I think the third thing is, um, is humility. And this is the part that I think we miss a lot, you know, and here's what I mean by humility. Humility is you got to be obsessed with the problem that you're trying to solve, but you cannot be obsessed with the solution. So like you might say, Mike, um, you know, for the work that you do, the boxing, well, I'll, I'll take my, I'll take my life, my work. You know, I am really committed to more military veterans and military spouses starting businesses. I'm passionate about it because I think if they do, then they generate wealth for themselves. They run for office. They make for better communities. They, they are leaders. And I think we lack leaders in our society. So I'm really committed to what it can do. But starting with the thesis of I want to help veterans start businesses, I, I'm very open to how we do that. If I said it's got to be through a nine-week accelerator, that is, that's the wrong fixation. And that's where I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they fall in love with the solution. 
And then they keep trying to jam a solution and people are like, yeah, I, I don't want that solution. You know, I agree with what the problem is, but I don't like that solution. Right. And so, so you've got to have this kind of scientific mindset that says, look, I really want to help people start businesses, but, but I'm going to be very open to feedback, which requires humility, which is why that's the character trait. I'm going to have a lot of humility for listening to what's working. And I'm, and if they tell me it's not working, I'm not going to be defensive at all. It's like, okay, great. Let's change it. You know, how do we make it better? And it's the entrepreneurs that are super committed to the, to, to the problem, but very um, scientific about the solution. Take a lot of input, take feedback that are, I think, doing it right. I think those are the ones that end up building things that people need. Um, unfortunately, I think there's this mythology out there that being an entrepreneur is just getting like a hundred no's. And I'm like, listen, if you get a hundred no's, it's because you didn't, it's, it's not what they want. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like callous, but okay. That's one philosophy is like, go out there and, and, and get a thousand no's. And then maybe someone tells you, yes. Okay. That's, I guess that's one way to do it. Or the other is you get five no's, but you ask all five, well, what would have made it a yes? And they tell you. And I think a lot of people don't do that step. They just think, oh, this is all about no's. And it's just like, I'm in the face of rejection and, and because I'm being rejected, it means that I'm doing it right. No. <laughs> I mean, being rejected is part of a learning loop, but it's only productive if you ask what, like, and literally ask people, you know, hey, what would have made it a yes for you? I'm very surprised at how many entrepreneurs aren't doing that. And so that's the humility. I think it's the humility of curiosity about, hey, what, what could have made it a yes? What, what didn't I do? What, what is it that you need? Uh, and leading with real curiosity, which again, just requires you to kind of put your ego aside. So, you know, tenacity, which is stay in it, courage, which is do the brave thing. Uh, and then this idea of humility, I think are, um, are three things. But I, what do you think? I, I want your opinion. I agree completely. You know, I see the world through the lens of a boxer, right? And I'll tell you, Todd, that tenacity is so true. As a boxer, what made me so good, man? I started the same time as everybody else. You know, I was just in the gym consistently. Now people kind of come off and on. They may become one day a week or whatever. Then your skills start to progress and they think that they're going to be like you, but they're not putting in the same level of work, you know? So you'll box with people for four years, but my four years boxing is very different from others, right? Because I'm in the gym every day, training, sparring. They're not doing the same work, right? So they don't, they haven't progressed as much. Same thing with entrepreneurship. You know how many incubators I've done, Todd? <laughs> like four, five, six incubators and people see your progress and you went through with them, but they weren't showing up to their venture every day. You know, they weren't putting in the work every day. It was kind of like moonlighting, you know, here, then you kind of let it drop down. Then you come back to it two months later. Then you're kind of doing this thing, but you're not really committed. And you see the results from that. People not sticking to it, you know, mm. um, testing the market. Like you said, man, how, if you only knew how many times I've pivoted, I mean, we're in COVID-19 right now. I'm doing virtual boxing classes for my company. We launched mm -hmm. the incubator for the nonprofit, but it, again, it was just responding to the market and seeing like, Hey, where can we want to create the most value right now, both on the for-profit and the nonprofit side? And what is the feedback we're receiving? What's working? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, I think there's a nuance with, um, with this because I think we get confused on the signals of what on successful entrepreneurs are doing, because on the one hand, we need, you know, entrepreneurs to be out front as the chief salespeople for their business or the chief advocates for the business. I mean, that just makes sense. I think that's required. You know, we always talk about like, you can't hide behind a business. You gotta, 
you got to put your face on it, especially if it's a startup. I mean, people need to know who, who are you? Um, and that's the credibility when you don't have a track record, right? So that's what you're compensating for is you don't have a track record. So I've got to be the face of this thing that I'm offering to do because it's really based on what I've done previously, personally, that makes me credible for what I'm offering to do as, as a, as an entrepreneur. But on the other hand, um, it's not about us. It's about the customer. And I see some people that are trying to be entrepreneurs, but they, 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 it's too much of a, you know, they promote themselves as opposed to promoting the solution. And I think that's the, that's the humility that's required is it, we're really staying focused on what it is that, you know, the outcomes that we're seeking for um, our customers and, um, yeah, you know, and really, I think, you know, being of service, you know, approaching this from a point of view of like, Hey, I'm here, I'm here to be of service. Um, and when you do that, then I think you're, you're in a good spot, but I've had, um, you know, I'm amazed at how many, um, people will offer like a, uh, call it a sales pitch, um, without ever asking, you know, the customer, if it's me or if it's, you know, whatever, like a question about what I think. And we've made, we've, we've made sales about, you know, Hey, like number one, when we say like sales, if I say like, Hey, sales, sales pitch, too many entrepreneurs think it's about me standing up, talking about me. I'm talking about my idea. Sales is a listening conversation. It's like a, Hey, I think that, you know, let's come up with a business, you know, homeschooling for COVID. This is one I bring up a lot because I think a lot of people are struggling, you know, listening to people, Hey, I think it's hard to homeschool. What do you think? You know, what's been hard for you, you know, and, and a listening conversation, which again, requires humility um, and, and listening to people's needs. And by the way, if someone says, you know, actually we're having a great time, like then they're not a customer, you know? So like, Hey, cool. You know, move on, have a great day, you know? And I think too many entrepreneurs think that being an entrepreneur is a talking exercise as opposed to a listening exercise. Um, and it's listen, you know, it is, you are the face of it, but you're, you're the face of it because you're like the, you're the most active in listening. You know, I really think it's those companies that are most active in listening and understanding that are closest to the customers and therefore, and this is important, design the best answers, you know, design the best solutions. Um, and, uh, you, you know, so I think, people can be humble. I mean, all that requires humility. You know, I, I think it's, you know, it's listening. It's, it's being curious about what the challenges are that people are facing and then being like, look, I think I might have something that works for you. You know, would you be interested if I understand your needs, you know, being able to re replay to people, like, here's what I heard you say, this is a challenge or you have an opportunity to make some more money and I'm a leadership coach. So I can help you with that, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, humility, it's hard. It's, that's the, that's the dichotomy that I think good entrepreneurs have. They are, courageous people, but they have a deep sense of humility for the customer. You know, one thing I never get used to, I don't care what anybody says, it's the discomfort. Maybe I am used to it, you know, cause you never really have enough money to do certain things. It's never like the stars align. And it's like, like I have a business coach. I would have never thought I could afford it for a business coach when I had the opportunity to do it. Did I really have the money for it? No, but you know mm -hmm. what you do it now. It's like oxygen. I can't imagine not having it. Same thing for just hiring a virtual assistant. Do you really have the money allocated for it? No, but you get it anyway. It's like you never have it. It's like the stars never align. You always have like just enough runway. You got just enough for this, but you have to constantly make decisions that put you in a place of discomfort. 
Yeah. Yeah. You're always, you're, you're, I think that's so true. And, and, um, like even I was saying, you know, that I did LinkedIn live for the first time uh, last week and that's new for me, you know, and it's uncomfortable and I hadn't been uncomfortable in a little bit and, and uncomfort, discomfort is important because it's where growth happens. You know, I mean, you're, you know, an athlete, you're a boxer. So you know that like discomfort is part of the equation to, to growth. And, um, you know, I was thinking like last few years, I've been kind of, I don't know if I've been lazy, but I haven't been uncomfortable. I've been sort of like, yeah, I'm doing good and doing my thing, but I hadn't felt uncomfortable. And I think this, this book and talking in this way and coming out more publicly is, un- is in some ways uncomfortable for me, you know, doing LinkedIn live is uncomfortable for me. Um, and, and I got a, I got a coach to help me do LinkedIn live specifically and, you know, I, and it's self-imposed, you know, and I call him afterwards and he's like, okay, are you ready for feedback? And I'm like, yep. Yep, I am. Because the goal is not protect my ego. <laughs> the goal is get better. And so I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's because it's hard. You get feedback. Hey, we don't like this. Okay. You know, well, the option is like, don't ask for feedback and therefore protect your ego or ask for the feedback and, and, and then grow, you know? And he was like, Hey, you, you shouldn't say like, I encourage you to buy my book. He's like, it sounds self-serving. And I was like, I felt gutted. I'm like, oh man, I, I, I did that because the publisher said I should do that. And okay. Yeah. I agree with you. I, you know, he's like, it's okay. You know, it's all good. He's like, and then you were a little meandering here and you could have been more, I don't think your, your advice was as punchy as it could have been. And you know, you should really like make sure that there's always three things that people can take away. I'm like, oh, okay, this is good. You know, but it's uncomfortable. I mean, I'd be lying if I said, I like it. I, I like that, you know, but it's uncomfortable. Um, but, the, but that humility of like, I got to listen because otherwise I can't grow is a, uh, is a real key skill. And, and, you know, you'd be amazed as a, as a entrepreneur, as a business owner, if you, you know, if you, if you're in an interaction with someone that has the potential to purchase something from you, right. And that's your goal. You'd be amazed at, at what it, how different the conversation can be if you just lead with curiosity about what they're experiencing. Um, it's amazing. I mean, I've done this intentionally in certain conversations where you, you just only ask questions. And then at the end of it, um, the people are like, man, this has been a great conversation. And I'm thinking to myself, I didn't say anything, but that's okay. Cause now I understand exactly what they need. They feel great about it. And it's those, it's the people that feel heard, um, that, um, want to be in partnership, you know? And so again, this is, this is to me humility, but it's just leading with questions and it's amazing. People tell you what they need and then you're designing exactly what they need, which is like, boom successful entrepreneur. <laughs> You're so right about the whole discomfort thing, meaning growth. Cause as I like, look like I know when I'm starting to feel, you know, how you kind of know, right? Like you're like, I'm on this hamster wheel. Something's got to give. I can either stay in this place or I can press on. But when you start to press on, you know, it just feels like, why is this so hard? What is going on here? But I, I've come to recognize that as a feeling of growth, Like right? I'm trying to write a book, Todd, mm. and it's very hard. Right. But again, it's that sense of like, oh, I feel this because this is stepping into a whole nother level now. But being mm-hmm. able to and it's an important part of being an entrepreneur. you got to learn to have self-awareness, which is why I think reading, meditation, getting feedback like this all ties into that self-awareness piece. Oh, man. Self-awareness is huge. And I'll tell you a, a huge indicator for an entrepreneur that you have self-awareness is to sit in an interaction with someone that you think could buy what you're selling, but you tell them, you know what? I'm actually not the right solution for you. If you do that, 
that's, that's massive power because it's like all of a sudden the person knows, you, you know, he actually knows what he's good at. You know, I give this analogy of it's imagine sitting with someone that, you know, wants to, um, wants to become your personal trainer. And then they tell you, Oh, like I'm also a nutritional coach. And now, and then you're like, okay, well then in my mind, I'm going, well, there's no way that you're the best, you know, nutritional coach and the best personal trainer. And then they tell you, um, by the way, I also do like tutoring. So if your kids need like after school and, oh, and by the way, I also, um, uh, repair cars. So if your car breaks down, call me, you know, all of a sudden I'm looking at this person being like, well, I, I don't have, I don't think they're credible for any of these things. Um, and entrepreneurs, and this is self-awareness, entrepreneurs try to oversell themselves or sell themselves for all things. And it actually hurts credibility. The, the strongest thing an entrepreneur can do is to have really bright lines about what they're great at, what they're not, you know, Hey, actually, you know what? I, I hear that you need that social media strategy, but that isn't my strength, but here is someone for whom it is. You know, my strength is leadership coaching. Um, and what's funny is that when you say no, that num- you're signaling to people that you know who you are and you know what you're good at. And then when they need the thing that you're good at, they're going to call you, you know? So this, this self-awareness piece is really, um, it's really critical because it actually, you know, before we really have a good business model, it's really us, um, for a lot of things. And it signals to people that like, we're clear on the value that we bring. And if we're clear, then like, they're going to trust that. Right. But it's like when we begin to bleed into kind of all things is where we, we lose our, our sense of self-awareness and we lose actually with that, our credibility. So yeah, this is, um, this is a big one, man. We could keep talking. We will keep talking. I'll tell you the light bulb goes off though, for the entrepreneurs, when you find out that all clients aren't good clients. You know, mm-hmm. like I love my small business clients. You know why? Because they really appreciate what you bring to the table. You know, they're super fans. They call and text and it's relationship building. Some of the larger clients, you got to track them down. You know, it's like you don't feel as special. You don't get paid on time, like all these little things. But you would, you don't really know this when you first start out. And so kind of looking and saying, like, who do I want to be? What kind of business do I want to have? You think you want this big, giant scalable business, but then you're like, you know what? I really don't want to manage a bunch of people, you know? And I don't want to manage, you know, 200 people to bring home 5K a month. Like that's, that's just not winning, you know? But it's, it's part of the journey and it's part of the process. And uh, I mean, we could talk entrepreneur, we can talk the real entrepreneur stuff all day, but we do our best to try to keep these episodes short and punchy, but I'll let Todd have the, the last word before I close this out. Well, no, this is good, Mike. And we're going to talk next time about uh, third shift habits. And, uh, and there are specific things that we can do uh, every day that begin to kind of open our world uh, to, to the possibilities that we have. You know, again, entrepreneurship, it's not, it's not like you quit and run away from where you're at. It's usually the thing that's, you know, it's like if, if we're standing in place, we're looking at the sky, like what's the big idea? And usually it's like, look down at your feet and it's right. It's right actually close to where you're already at. And so we're going to talk next time about how to, how to find the habits and start doing the things, the ritual daily things that will help you kind of reveal what the business could be for you. Awesome. So for our listeners, be sure to subscribe to the third shift entrepreneur podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. Your reviews are greatly appreciated. Be sure to also visit thirdshiftentrepreneur.com where you can purchase the book, sign up for our newsletter, and hear tips and pointers that will help you keep your day job while building your dream job. The book is also available on Amazon, at Barnes & Nobles, and other major book outlets. 
Thanks for tuning in and see you on the next episode where we'll be discussing third shift habits. 